I'm joined today by Andrew Heathcote, who is the founder, creator and uh, inspiration of, I'm sure his team would say, no, it's us, uh, behind the business origins of motion. And Andrew, in his bio, will kind of describe, I guess, his ikigai, that sort of sweet spot in life where you're kind of practicing, you know, things that you love, um, as being the combination of the two passions that he has in life, which is basically running successful businesses and making films. So he's described himself as owner and filmmaker, but I know from watching a lot of his content, and we'll come on to talking about a lot of Andrew's content in a, in a short while, I know that he is prolifically making content right here, right now. So we're going to kind of talk about this whole idea of using video as a concept and the broader concept within your business and within developing your brand and within life right now, because it seems to be a part of pretty much everybody's life. So, Andrew, kind of what kind of first got you into video? Where was the, the kind of that first kind of moment where you suddenly realized, actually, this is a thing that I could really, really embrace? Yeah, so for me, it was uh, when I was studying at university, um, I was studying, I didn't study film. So I was studying international development at the time. And that's, I think, for me, when I came across that real desire to tell stories that mattered and stories that were really powerful. And, and that was born out of like the subject matter that I was studying. So international development is, you know, subjects related to, to the developing world. And there are some incredible stories that I was just really interested in at that time. And I was thinking about how am I going to use my degree? Like, how does this sort of, how does this apply to my life going forwards? And I, and I kind of, through that, got really into documentaries. And that, that became kind of my thing. Before documentaries were cool on Netflix and everybody um, wanted to make docs, that was, that was kind of my thing. And I watched hours and hours and hours of content and I, and I really wanted to be a documentary filmmaker. I then went on to work in TV and I got the opportunity to work on a documentary and I absolutely hated it. I felt like I was watching other people live their lives and I was uh, just following really. And that was kind of like observation, like an obs ob observational filmmaking, I guess, which didn't really suit me. It wasn't really my thing. And so from there, I kind of moved on to making short form content for uh, companies, corporates, uh, and that I've always gained a lot of satisfaction from because you're kind of, I love variety. I love to be like, my mind's here in the morning, my, my mind's here in the afternoon, and we're always moving on from one project to the next, which is something that I really, really love. So that really, really suits me down to the ground. So kind of, I suppose, the evolution of my journey. But yeah, that's where I started. Um, and I did and I did a film course at university as well. Like, a, not, it wasn't the subject matter of my course, but I did like a week long introduction to to, to filmmaking and we made this little documentary about this guy who ran a burger van or something and it was the worst film you've probably ever seen in your life um but yeah it's just been a gradual process from there kind of learning the craft um understanding how to tell powerful stories and kind of i think for myself and our whole team we just light up really when we get to do something creative when we get to do something which is a little bit out of the box a little bit original um that's what i've always loved whether whether we're making a film or whether we're just doing something creative with business, that's what I really enjoy. So, it's interesting. You use that um, sort of storytelling, telling stories. Feels like that that could be something that will kind of really resonate with people at the moment because I think for a lot of people, 
you know, when they, when they think of video, they think of turning the phone around, making that little short form TikTok video, or they think of, you know, the big film crew comes in and they're going to do the corporate video, the kind of 30 second sort of thing that's going to change the world. They're going to spend thousands of pounds. But actually, from the way you've described it there, when you use the words learning the craft, it feels that kind of at the core of all of this is is just really an ability to tell stories. Is, is that kind of behind the success of good video creation is, is it about the storytelling because it feels like that would be a natural place to start i think it is yeah i think i think through history we've always as humans we've told stories and we've gravitated towards stories um if you go a long long way back we didn't have the technology that we have now and so the art of storytelling has changed in some ways but it's remained constant in others it, actually kind of the name the origins of motion when when we first came up with that was almost like a, a, a tribute to the fact that great filmmaking, great films haven't really changed that much over the years. That like the technology that we use, like I say, might have, well, definitely has uh, moved a long way forward. The fact that I'm able to do what I do in my company, the fact that I was able to get started was thanks to the, uh, the fact that the price of the technology has come down so much. Uh, has moved forward such a long way that we're able to even access the market. If we were trying to get into this market 10, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, we'd probably be looking at, you know, 50 grand to buy a camera, whereas you can you can get in these days with five or six. Um, so things have moved forwards, but the, the actual art itself, the craft of, of making great films, just goes back to great stories. That that that's it. And 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 within a corporate context, like you mentioned, what a lot of us are doing, and we're creating that short form content for, for LinkedIn, or we're having the corporate content for the websites. If you can, you know, if we can, as that resource, encourage our clients to try and tell stories more effectively, not just kind of be too functional in how you deliver the information and just kind of stick to those talking heads. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of value in that. Um, and it's all about kind of initially, how do we help people to stand out? because we have to do that these days, because like I say, there's so much content. We do that so that we can gain people's attention. Once we've got people's attention, we have to tell good stories so that we can deliver our message effectively. It's one of the things I've been sort of watching you and it kind of you know, triggered for me wanting this conversation and, and kind of obviously having a chat about this. One of the things I've been watching your content, it feels that there's a real kind of human element to it. I mean, you you kind of on screen, it is, it's very personable. It is very about you. It is kind of, you, you're a clear communicator. You just come across as that person who it would be very easy to pick the phone up to, very easy to kind of, you know, have in the studio or to brief or to whatever. The kind of the, the human element of the storytelling, it feels like that's that's kind of the really, really crucial thing here, isn't it? Because I noticed on one of your recent um, posts that you did on uh, on LinkedIn, it was a little bit of a flashback to kind of where you'd been and where you'd sort of come from. But it was a lot of it was kind of behind the scenes stuff. It was, it was kind of telling the story of the story that was being created. So it was kind of yeah, the fly on the wall. I mean, this has been a really popular thing over quite some years, hasn't it? I mean, how, how are you seeing that sort of evolve and come forward in your work? That's kind of natural sort of element. Is that what you're talking about, Neil? Yeah. Mm. I think it's always been a part of our work. In the early days, we would pride ourselves, I think because it's always been part of my skill set is to work with 
people really effectively. And I think in the early days of, of our company, which, which goes back about seven years now, I was probably stronger in that area than I was as a, as a filmmaker, as a videographer. And so I was really training on that, at my ability to, when I sit down to interview somebody, be able to draw out the best of that person, draw out their passion and their motivation. And that's how you make a chat about business really interesting and really engaging because it's an opportunity to dig into somebody's life and really uncover and ask them questions that you don't get answered, uh, you don't get to ask typically in day-to-day -day life because we don't go deep enough. We don't, we're probably not, most of us, and I include myself in this, good enough at conversation to get under the skin, under that kind of surface level uh, conversation that you know does it doesn't have that real emotion to it so i always really loved that about my interview process so it's always been a part of the way we've gone about our work and the way i've gone about my work as a filmmaker videographer um i think now like with social media content like you're referencing some of the content i put out like my, one of my big fears is coming across as arrogant i really i have this like because i, I think it's i fall into quite a typical group um, you know, like a 30 year old man, quite ambitious, you know, my journey could be perceived as being like all about me, me, me. And I have a real fear that I, that I just would hate to come across as arrogant or self-indulgent or whatever else. So I think for me, I'm like consciously with my content trying to make it quite natural. Um, and, and I think that works for me as well. So I've tried two different styles of content in like the social stuff that I'm putting out on LinkedIn. Um, the stuff where I've spoken kind of directly to camera and it's kind of more of like an influencer style content that you might see on, on YouTube. I find that harder to do. I just find it, my, my patience levels are very, very short. And when I don't, when I can't just deliver something off the cuff because I'm a bit tired because I've been working all week with the demands of a business and whatever else, not being able to do that drives me up the wall. So the sort of the other approach is kind of either a more of a podcast type format where you can talk with one other person and it just all flows a little bit naturally or kind of still having somebody in the room that you can kind of direct things to and it just has that nice kind of flow to it as opposed to it being me and a camera in a little room and it feeling a bit contrived i guess yeah, and I guess that's something a lot of people and a lot of people watching and listening to this will definitely identify with with this. But I think I think there's a, there's a lot of people kind of facing this challenge of um, I just want to really sort of uh, do a bit of a deeper dive onto your comment about the kind of the authenticity piece that, you know, it, it does take a certain character, does take a certain kind of mindset to be able to sit there and eyeball the camera and say, right, I've got this thing I want to share with you without actually coming across as, as either preaching or as, you know, above yourself or whatever. It's a, it's a really, really hard thing to do, isn't it? I mean, if, you, if you're working, say, with clients, and, and I guess a lot of people here might be sort of interviewing people in their business um, and trying to put some, some short form video out on social, for example, um, and they'll face this same challenge. How do you actually kind of almost get people to kind of settle into the conversation and actually be that slightly more authentic, a little bit more open, maybe vulnerable to use that word, because that's always an interesting word. Can you get somebody to be vulnerable on camera? You know, where, where would you begin to kind of open that up? I think it's, for me, I, like, I, I think the, the best way of answering this question is to speak from my personal experience. The, the, the easiest thing for me to do is to have somebody else in the room. And that, that might sound more intimidating. It's like, oh, there's somebody else there kind of 
watching me deliver this content, but it's less that and it's more conversation. It's similar to what we're doing now in truth. Um, obviously the way that we go about, or the way that I go about filming that content is we have cameras in the room rather than doing that, you know, over, over sort of a stream. But it's, it's very much the same. And I think you just kind of find then if you're having a conversation with somebody that you just kind of, you start out and it might feel a bit strange, but you very quickly get into your flow. If you've got somebody that you bounce off of quite well, um, it's certainly more comfortable for me than like say, trying to sit and, and talk to a camera. And it's very hard then I think to know how, one thing I've always struggled with is knowing actually how I am coming across. So it's really interesting to hear you say that actually I come across as, very naturally, which is really encouraging because it's really hard because I'm so close to that content. I'm the one who's recorded it. It's, it's tough to know. I just know that it's so important for our business. So I kind of keep doing it, but I've got this little voice in the back of my head saying like, you know, try not to come across in, in that way. Um, yeah, I think it's those conversations. That's the thing that's worked best for me. So we've either done that in like a pot, like a, we try to make it deliberately look like a podcast because that's very on trend right now. You know, we have the, the kind of mic that you're speaking into now, Neil. Uh, we have two people sat sat in the in the shot, and we're kind of going back and forth. And it's about the two individuals, about that conversation. We don't have a podcast, but we're just creating in that style. Um, and the, the other way is to have somebody sat kind of directly behind the camera, and I'm almost kind of speaking to them and trying to make it very conversational. In fact, the last recording session that we did, we, we found this works really, really well. We, I was almost just having a conversation with that person. They were giving me their views as much as I was giving them my views. They were off camera. We've not really used their section because it was like a junior team member and it, it's not so relevant for what we're trying to achieve. But it gave me something to kind of um, feed off of really and kind of gave me some confidence. Um, so I think if people have that resource, if you're part of a small team or you can team up with somebody to create your content and you can batch that content, you know, you can pick a day every month or every six weeks or every two months, you can get really high volume of content doing that. That's what, that's what, that's what we found. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it is interesting when you, you talk about this sort of the batching of it. I mean, that kind of then leads on to the thing, which I think is, you know, very much in vogue at the moment, which is this whole idea of you do a long form shoot. You say you do, you know, you have the cameras running and you get as much of the content in long form as possible, maybe with an edit, maybe not. And then you basically snip. So you do your snippets and you get the short form from the long form. So you might, if we're doing this, for example, there might be a little nugget of gold that you've just shared. And that's a 10 second slot that goes onto social to then draw you in as a hook to, to the long form. I mean, that it's, it's a proven technique that's been around for, well, probably sort of a good 10 years now. Do, do you see that continuing? Because it, it feels like it's a very efficient way of you know, creating content that has the longevity if you, if you want to, you know, to be sort of sharing a long message. Maybe it's a thought leadership piece on a particular topic, but you need the promotional hook to kind of, you know, hook people in. Do, do you see that kind of continuing? If it feels so well established that why wouldn't you really? Yeah, I, I do see it continuing, um, partly because of the continuing rise of, of podcasts and, and the popularity of that, of that format um, and the fact that it just makes sense if you're creating audio assets to, to record, you know, to record the video version of that and to repurpose. It is, it's very efficient. So funnily enough, I've been sort of talking 
you know, when I have conversations like this, you know, it's often the advice that you'll give. Okay, so you, you create that long form and you chunk that down into shorter clips. We've recently started kind of doing it for ourselves um, in that we've always done it to an extent, but we've just kind of like really pressed into that strategy. And I've been giving out this advice for years and it is so efficient that I've kind of always been surprised by how well it works. So kind of the way that we're working now is we, we'll, 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 we'll take that strategy, we'll create the long form, we'll cut that down. That forms the foundation of our social content or my social content. You can't go wrong because it just gives, it always gives you something to post. Like you, you know, previously when I was recording short snippets to a camera and I was trying to go down the influencer style, I would need to kind of like semi-script a video that was going to be a minute, say 90, 90 seconds in length. Um, I then would need to sit down and deliver that to camera. Within each filming session, you might get five or six videos. And in the same period of time, you might get 20 or 30 if you're going about it in terms of, you know, long form, chunk down to short form. It's so like, if you get it right and you, and you really like the style of what you're creating, like it just works so well. And then, and then you can kind of build in other bits of content if you want to on top of that you can kind of play around you might have a little idea for a little selfie video to camera and you go okay i really like that little metaphor that i want to speak about and i can just cut that together really quickly and that can give you more variety um quite often what we're doing for our clients now is we're encouraging them to create podcast style content for the, for the reason of that being the foundation that high volume and then we're saying right well then we'll cut together like say four creative edits each month so you've got one going out each week which can be that variety and something a bit different so variety is really important but like you can kind of build on that foundation of having that really high volume it's much easier to have that foundation first and then kind of go okay well now we want to build on that and we want to create something which is a bit more unique a bit more out there a bit more whatever you want it to be having that foundation first just i don't know for me it just it just works nicely i think Mm, and there's a kind of consistency as well there isn't there because i think what what you're kind of was coming through loud and clear to me is this whole idea of you know you need to have a drive you need to have a story you need to kind of almost have a vision as to what this thing's going to be but then it's very easy to get almost overexcited by it and i think you know people new to this and you know i'll go back to your phrase you know having learned the craft you kind of know those little kind of moments to kind of avoid and things to miss because it's like oh we tried that and when we tried that and didn't end up particularly well so now we've kind of refined it again to use your word so pe people kind of looking at this then in terms of how they would sort of either go about doing this themselves or creating kind of a brief for you is kind of what is that kind of that vision to maintain that consistency because if you're producing a lot of content there is a danger it becomes almost kind of very sort of piecemeal and if you're shooting over different days you know you know whatever your mood is or the or the subject you're shooting can become quite inconsistent here how, how do you kind of keep that vision I don't know, Neil. <laughs> Maybe that's the million-dollar question that we're all looking for. I think, like, like for me, I, the thing that I find most difficult is, is is carving out the time to record and to keep the content kind of going. And, and I find it actually quite stressful to 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 block out my time for a long enough period to create 
a, a good amount of content. I think what you're the way that you're going about it here is perfect. Like we've tried to do it in other other ways. A lot of the content we're trying to create is is f like filmed as in we've got cameras in the room and we're filming ourselves. Mm. Um, a lot of the podcast content we're trying to create is of the same style. We feel that we need to do that because we're a video company, but there are challenges to it. It's, it's really tough to discipline yourself to carve out that time because the pressures of business are always there. And yeah, so I think for me, that's kind of the hardest thing. I actually find once I can get in the flow in terms of like, right, we block out a filming day. Um, at the start of that day, I often feel quite stressed because I feel like I've got a million other things to do. Um, but then 45 minutes in, an hour in, once these conversations start flowing, I then kind of feel like I get in my stride. So for me, it helps to kind of block that time because it, I kind of get in my rhythm. Partway through the day, I'll probably have a bit of a lull and I'll go, blimey, we've recorded a lot of content here. Um, and then we kind of need a break. We need a, a bit of a rest. And then we go at it again for another hour or two in the afternoon. And that's pretty much my capacity for it. But um, I don't know if that answers your question, really. But Yeah, I think it does. And I, I think it, it is a, it's really interesting, I think, for all of us to kind of hear that a filmmaker struggles with, you know, the time, the, the energy flow, the kind of the consistency thing, it just is so reassuring, I think, that for a lot of us who are, and I'm in this batch, looking to create more, now whatever more is, it could be longer form, it could be just the higher frequency of it, is that somebody who does this literally as a profession, they have a business which helps other people doing this stuff, also actually faces the same challenges. It, it, it's a real encouragement, I think, probably to me and to everybody to hear that that is the reality, because this is not easy to do. Yeah, the first week that you try it, you know, you've set up your little studio like this or whatever, and you think, oh, yeah, I'm a podcaster now, or I'm a vlogger, or, you know, whatever, I've set this up for my business. Yeah, it's going to be easy. And then week two, you find that the diary is a little bit too heavy. And, and then literally, then it is it's almost impossible to keep that as a priority. So, so what you're suggesting then is this kind of chunking of time. And I know you've talked before about the idea of workflow. So this feels like it's okay, partly vision, it's partly creative, but it feels like there's quite a bit of process to actually make this thing happen properly. There's yeah. quite a process that goes on behind. Yeah, I think there is. I think like you have to make it because there are, there are pressures on our, on, our, on our time as business owners or, you know, if you have a, a, a busy role within a company as well, you know, we've all got pressures, whether it's family, whether it's career. And so you have to make it as easy for yourself as, as, as possible. Um, I love making films, but I, it's not my passion necessarily to sit in front of a camera and present. I know that I need to do it. I know it's really important. And so I do it. Um, and there are times where I enjoy it and there are times where I find it like, okay, I need to do this. So from that point of view, I, I, I just really believe, I think my experience of this whole process over the period of like three, four years now is whenever I've not had a process in place, that makes this as easy as possible. It doesn't happen, it grinds to a halt. I might start out with great intentions and it might I might have two or three weeks of good content, but then it grinds to a halt. And that's not really gonna get you very far. So if we're talking about creating content for LinkedIn, I guess that's the context. It's not really gonna get you very far because you need to be creating content consistently for, I'd estimate around six months to really start seeing those opportunities come consistently off the back of that. Um, so I think it's about, 
doing exactly what you've you've just said you've done there, Neil, where you've got that backdrop, you've got things that are in place, you don't need to set up for an hour when you come to film. You're trying to make it as easy for yourself as possible and look as good as you can. Now, it doesn't need to be perfect, but you know, the more that you can do to feel proud of the content that you're putting out there, that's a really good thing. Obviously, again, as somebody who's in the industry, I feel that mine needs to be of a of a certain quality. So I did exactly the same thing. I kind of, you know, uh, spent the upfront time making sure that I can turn on a light, I can set the camera rolling, and I'm pretty much good to go straight off the bat. That's something that I've got when I'm at home. I'm not currently at home, um, but when I'm at home, I've got that kind of facility. The really time-consuming bit, like the really, really time-consuming bit, is in is is can be the editing. So even if you're just taking long-form content and you're chunking it down, that is quite a bit of time, and it's not really a high, highly skilled task, to be honest. It doesn't have to be massively complicated, and so I think having a, a resource that you can use to edit that content for you is really vital. For me, that's always been the case whenever I've had any form of consistency it's because I've got somebody alongside me who's taking the content that I film on these these batch filming days and they're processing it and that's going on all the time whilst I work on everything else that I need to be doing to be making money um, and so for me that kind of goes one step further we've got you know in-house um, videographers and I could give that to them but that doesn't even work because they're busy with clients' projects. Their time is 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 also valuable, and we have to uh, use that wisely. So we have um, an outsourced videographer um, editor that we use. We've developed a workflow whereby I film the content, we upload it to Google Drive. He's in a different part of the world. He downloads that, he edits that, he uploads it to like a review platform to frame. So it's basically like for leaving feedback on videos that a lot of video companies use. Um, he'll upload that there. I'll leave my feedback. He'll then get it subtitled and deliver it back to the drive. And so that's our workflow that we've developed. It takes some time to get that right. And it's taking some time to get to know him and him to get to know me. But once you get that rhythm, it's well worth that upfront time, I think. Mm, that's a real investment, isn't it? Yeah, and I, and I can sort of hear just the way that you describe that is that once it's in place and the momentum starts to build, it's like what's not to like because then you can produce stuff at scale um, with that level of patience because it's interesting you were saying six months to kind of at, even start to see some kind of throughput if you're looking at something like LinkedIn. And that's, I think, for a lot of people, that's a real wake-up call because so many people think, oh, well, now I'm an influencer because I posted three videos and, oh, well, why haven't I got 10 million followers? And I think there is this kind of lack, and I know Gary Vee talks a lot about this, and he's prolific, let's say that. Um, but he talks a lot about the patience, and it can take years, if not decades, to kind of make this sort of breakthrough that you're after. So I think from what you're saying is without that kind of that workflow, without that momentum, steady momentum, not these huge, great spikes of activity and then nothing. It's about that steady momentum, isn't it? That there is just no way through this thing because it's hard and you've got a business to run. I think that's, yeah, that's a really key point. Well, just kind of building on that idea of, I mean, you used um, frames as the uh, example there. I mean, 
other kinds of sort of tech that are available to your kind of average person looking to kind of get on this journey? Um, there are kind of um, sort of animation uh, platforms and uh, template platforms. I've, I've tried one uh, sort of at quite some length in video um, where there are lots of kind of pre-made templates, particularly for short form video that are kind of already purposed to the social network that you're looking to put them onto, say Instagram or Facebook or whatever. What's your what's your view of those? Do you see those as having a, a value going forward? I think they will only get better. Um, so I think as like AI comes into play and becomes probably more um, more effective in the space, I think that will only that will only get better. Like you see those you see the videos, don't you, that Facebook put out? Uh, well, that. Facebook allow its users to create when it's like their birthday and they kind of like automatically generate something using um, images. And, you know, that's, that's, I remember first seeing that maybe like five years ago popping up on feeds and everyone thought that was like really quite clever and quite amazing that that could just happen because they've been able to utilize their tech to, to bring together some assets. Um, and I think these platforms that are trying to kind of automate the process they will improve and they will, they will, they will make life easier. Definitely. I think it's, you know, video editing is a real like arduous process often, particularly when you're not a videographer, when you're not doing it as a profession. And so there, you know, there will be people out there who are trying to solve that pain and that will only, that will only improve. Um, I think the other thing, you know, the other apps that are available are quite often around subtitling, aren't they? Which are, which are really helpful because subtitling your content is obviously really important. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I think it is all about this kind of, I mean, none of us have got a crystal ball. None of us know, you know, when things like the metaverse and stuff really starts to take hold. And I know we've obviously seen um, animation come through in the form of games for, well, decades now. And of course, the quality of that is almost, you know, photorealistic or video realistic um, to, to a phenomenal kind of level. Is, is it, would, would it be your kind of take, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but would it be your kind of take that, despite AI and um, extended reality and metaverse and all this amazing sort of tech that's coming, the craft of making an effective video, wherever you've got to see, get to see it, even if you've got your headset on and you're watching it in the, the metaverse versus, you know, being sent something on an email or whatever, the craft of video making is still and probably always going to be about the human part of the storytelling is, is that going to be the thread that we've just really got to master? Because however the video is portrayed and whatever platform you see it on is almost irrelevant, really, because the it, it is still going to be human to human connection. But this is all. Yeah, about. I think that's right. I think I think it, is, it goes back to what we were saying at the start, really, about stories and our ability to tell stories and, and like say, that connection with um, with other with other people. I think what these technology companies are looking for are allowing other ways for us as humans to connect with one another it's a, quite ironic because in some ways it makes us it kind of uh puts us further apart from one another but in other ways it brings us closer together and i think like if you take the metaverse as an example i think that's just another platform where we can connect so undoubtedly it will it will change um it will change the the medium of of a video a film of how it's used it will definitely present some opportunities to the industry. So I know, for example, that um, sort of virtual studios are a big thing now. So like the Mandalorian is the sort of the, 
the big film that everybody references with this, where uh, they didn't use green screen as has been used in, in years gone by for this type of film. It was virtual kind of studio backgrounds, which is it's really cool. If like if you look at the uh, like the YouTube videos on that and how it's made, it's really really fascinating. But like I know that there are people talking about how actual virtual studios can bring down the cost of making films so that it's accessible to more people and more films can be made because you don't need to go to whatever part of the world to film on a big I don't know Indiana Jones set or something like that. You can kind of bring it to you because it's all being kind of prefabricated, which is really really cool. I think in terms of the space that we're talking about, like, you know, business and short form content and everything else. I think it's probably, a, it's going to be another place where this content can be hosted and quite how that looks is what kind of remains to be seen. I could imagine there being, you know, video content that we as a company would create that would go in a, you know, would act as real estate in a metaverse shop that are being created by all of the big brands right now that's kind of one example it may be that it's an extension of what we do to you know film content that forms the basis of these online worlds i don't know but it's i don't I, you know I, I think there will always like you mentioned there will always be that human to human uh, when it comes to business i believe i don't think that will be replaced and so i think i just think it's how does it how does it translate i guess that's the big question yeah, and I think for, for me, it's just always so encouraging when there, you know, there is evolution in a, in a in a sector or in a marketplace, and yet the core of actually what it is stays the same. Because I think that's that's real innovation opportunity there. Because it's not like it's it's kind of like a thin veneer of something, and it's like, oh, well, I'm not really sure what that's going to be. I mean, if if we agree that the thing is still human connection, it is still storytelling. That's the thing that you can start to really understand as a, as a marketer or as a business owner, and start to create you know really really powerful stories about the value that you bring, and then just the way that that gets then presented now or in the future, it almost doesn't matter. So it's still the onus is on you as a human being creating messages and communications through the power of video that actually resonate with an audience. I mean, that is that's back to the basics of, you know, Roman times when we were doing marketing. You know, this is not kind of like 10 years ago. This is like a thousand or two thousand years ago. Nothing of that has really changed. And that that gives me the confidence that this thing is it is kind of transferable no matter where the tech goes. And I, I really like the feeling of that. I think what you've done here is you've kind of made me think differently probably about video. I thought this conversation was going to get super tech and it was going to be all about, you know, kind of, yeah, what's the next, you know, animation style and what's the next kind of, you know, formatting and, and this, that, that. But actually, I think what we've just proven really through, you know, 35, 40 minutes worth of conversation is the fact that now actually it's about the story. It's about it's about the fundamental building blocks of what you're looking to communicate, and then the tech can then support you. Mm -hmm. Is it is that kind of where your head's at right now? Yeah, definitely, I think the the tools will get better. Um, it'll be easier for for individuals when they're not videographers or filmmakers to be creating that. We've spoken a lot about short form content for LinkedIn, for example, to be creating that content themselves. I think that those tools will only improve like our ability to film on our phone, maybe even edit that content on our phone and chuck that on LinkedIn or whatever platform we want, I think will become more streamlined. Um, it's already incredible what you can do on your phone. You know, we, we've, we've got a friend who works for a technology company out in the States and 
and so she's really dove in and under, and has got the apps that allow her to play with the with the with the aperture and the ISO and all of the different dials that allow you to let light into the camera. And she takes some incredible photos just on her phone. Um, and so it's all, it's already incredible what you can do. But I think you know, there's I think with AI and the increased ability of that to be able to automate some of these processes will get easier. But yeah, I think it's always about that. You know, if it's if it's if it's me putting myself out to my audience on LinkedIn, it's how well do I come across? It's how interesting is the content? Do I educate, inspire, um, entertain? If I don't, any tools in the world probably aren't really going to help me to get there. So, yeah, I think it's. I think that's a, that's a massive part of it. I think the other part of the puzzle is really understanding the platforms that we're posting to. So, you know, posting a video to Instagram Reels. TikTok might be very different to posting to, to to LinkedIn, for example. So I think it's just yeah, it's it's understanding those platforms as well, understanding your audience within those platforms, um, and that's like you say that that's not really anything new. I think you've always had to do that as a marketer. So yeah. It's not something to be frightened of. I think this is the beauty of this is, you know, a lot of us can get kind of almost baffled by the science and, oh, you know, I don't understand all the tech or the latest kind of acronyms or jargon within that. So I probably won't go there. Whereas actually what we're saying is, no, 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 this is actually all about you and your story. So, you know, if you can keep it real and keep it authentic, keep it about you know, the, that, the purity, if you like, of, of that conversation, then that's what matters. You can get somebody like Andrew to then help you with the rest of it. You don't have to worry about that little bit. So, yeah, it just feels like really encouraging. And I think you know, there's been a lot of kind of thinking and, and ideas here that you shared with us. And I'm really grateful for this because it is about the workflow. It is about the stories. It is about the continuity and the patience and everything else. But if somebody's sort of thinking, yeah, OK, that's all very well but I still need to get a professional in. These guys, Origins of Motion, who are they? Where do I get hold of them? How does somebody get um, get through to you? Yeah, so you can find me personally on LinkedIn. So my surname is Heathcote, so Andrew Heathcote. Um, I don't think there are too many Andrew Heathcotes out there, so you should, should be able to find me on LinkedIn if you search that. Um, in terms of our website, we're originsofmotion.co.uk. Um, so we exist to work with kind of corporates and funded startups to create content which is original, which is engaging, which kind of moves the dial for them in terms of pushing their brand forwards, gaining attention, using that attention to generate into meaningful business metrics, lead sales, business growth. Um, so we tend to work with kind of, I suppose, companies that are £5 million plus in revenue and they have a small marketing department and we plug into that and we kind of create that content. Um, but I'm always happy to chat to people about kind of their, you know, their personal goals, uh, how they can use video. I'm always happy to connect and have conversations like this. So um yeah that shouldn't exclude people from being able to i guess i don't know from us being able to help people i hope andrew is very accessible i think we've proven it here today it's always a great conversation to be had so thank you so much for your time today andrew it's been real uh, really enlightening real pleasure and um yes i'm going off to now be patient and hopefully storytell myself so i'm sure lots of other people will be following suit so thank you again thanks for having me on neil appreciate it <laughs>